Either you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody, or you're nobody. Be right back. I'll come back here and get you. You know what it is. Can't go. Yes, sir. Play that. Yes, sir. I hear you. You, you won't have to come back. There won't be no problem. What about you, Frank? You need anything? Where's my money? Red Top gave you the package. He's supposed to be handing me my money. There's a jar right here. 20%. Oh, you got the jar? That's right. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Frank. Oh, what you gonna do? What the fuck you gonna do, Frank? Huh? What you doing? You gonna shoot me in front of everybody? Huh? Hello and welcome to this edition of the Get You Film Fix podcast. I am Lee Carlo with Chapin Hemingway and Jeremy Fisk. It's good to see you boys. How are you? Oh, God. <laughs> that sounds about right. Let's, uh, let's go around the table here. Chapin, what are you sipping on? Mm. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's that one I, I showed for you. It's, a, it's the, the, the Vincent. Uh, named after the Vincent Black Shadow from, okay. I believe, uh, Mark Ritt, Mark something out in uh, <clears throat> out in Eastern Washington. Okay, Jeremy, you got something? Uh, you're yeah, yeah, on yeah. Uh, something very exclusive. It's a French wine. At, we all know they they do the best at the, at the wines. Um, a Cabernet Syrah. Cabernet Blend. Syrah. Not a lot of French Cabernet Syrahs, but we'll, no, no, we'll there is. It. There's a a big one, Mason Mason uh, Barbolo. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm drinking a Bordeaux. Not, nothing nothing too fancy. Um, so two French wines and yep. uh, Washington State wine. They've been representing the the old US of A. We are in for a really exciting podcast this week, guys. I think Fucking we've got some finally. We've got some good stuff to talk about. We're going to kick things off with the movie I challenged you two to revisit, Ridley Scott's American Gangster. I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on this movie upon revisiting it. Jeremy, you uh, you mentioned via text that you yep. remembered nothing about this movie. So I'm very, like, very curious. Like virtually nothing. Um, and then after that, we are going to roll into a no holds barred death match between me and Chapin. Jeremy is going to mediate, ask us questions, and we are going to find out whether or not Matt Reeves' The Batman is a good movie. And really looking forward to that. Chapin has been very, very vocal about his disdain for the film, while I felt quite the opposite. And Jeremy so, uh, went and watched it, and we're going we're gonna to settle that. So I wish you hadn't even had said that, to be honest. Oh, if you didn't know? Yeah, I, I forgot who, who liked it and who didn't up until when you just said that. Oh, well, Chapin can Basically. cut it, and then it's like it never happened. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, that doesn't cut, cut it from my memory. Okay. All right, so American Gangster. Guys, the reason I really wanted to talk about this movie is, is primarily because both of you, at one time or another in relatively recent history, have talked about this movie with uh without giving it the respect it deserves in my opinion <laughs> without the proper respect yeah without the proper respect um 
you know, we've been talking. So so coming into this, you were high on it. Very high. I love this movie since the first time I saw it. I've seen it, you know, a handful of times since. I think it's one of Ridley Scott's best movies. And we've been talking a lot about Ridley Scott. Obviously, he had two movies that came out last year, House of Gucci and The Last Duel, which did really well at the Fixies. Um, We obviously have uh, listeners emailing us incessantly to release the Black Hawk Down podcast which is uh, coming very soon. I promise you that. And Chapin promises you that as well. So Ridley Scott's been on my mind. And like I said, I think this is one of his best movies. Now, you can go through his filmography and rank it any number of ways, you know, in terms of kind of some of his the genres he's worked in, just the filmography as a whole, his influence on films and genres in general. But when you just take... A movie is a movie is a movie, like we try to do here. I think the story, the screenplay, the execution, and the entertainment value of American Gangster is really, really high. And I'm not going to get too fancy here. I just I want to know what you guys think of this movie now. Um. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think it's it's great entertainment. It's really, um, you know, it's got elements of sort of, you know, what we love about drug movies, right? Like, you know, <laughs> making a lot of money and that entrepreneurial spirit and um, the sort of, you know, like the sort of the positive sides of the drug trade <laughs> for, for those living it, you know, making a lot of money and um, living the high life and... Um, you know, it's got two superstars in it, especially at that time. Um, you know, Denzel and 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 uh, Russell Crowe were both like enormous stars, and it's fun to see them sort of come together. Although they don't share a tremendous amount of screen time. Um, and I think they're both really, really good in this movie. I think I think the cast top to bottom is really good. Very incredible cast. Um, it's got a really, I, I think it's well shot. It looks great. Um, shot by Harris Savides, which is an interesting mm-hmm. pairing with, um, Ridley Scott. I think this might've been one of his last movies. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, but, and look, I'd, I'd love to talk more about the performances and more specifically, but I, you know, ultimately I just, I, 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 I don't think this movie transcends what I just said. Hmm. I don't, I, I don't okay. think it's much more than entertainment. I don't think it has anything to say. I don't think it's really interested in much more than um, like what's presented on screen. Uh-oh. And it's done very, very well. I, I'm just like, look, this is a, such a well-made movie. All the actors are there. All the pieces are there. But Scott doesn't say anything with the movie. I don't think Steve Zalian says anything with this movie. Like what? what and, and, I, and I think this, there's interesting territory. You know, like... Um, Frank Lucas flipped on all his friends, right? Like he, or, you know, he worked with the FBI and or the 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 task force, and um, you know, he talked about honor and family and all this kind of stuff, and and then he totally backslid on all that, and he, he betrayed everybody. But and that's interesting to me. But, but you also have the flip side with Russell Crowe's character, which I think <laughs> is like fascinating watching him navigate this world of corruption and trying to be like the good guy where he is as flawed as anybody else for a number of different reasons. And I think that shows you that like 
bad people can be good and good people are not necessarily always good. Like, I, I they can be bad. And I think there's this really fascinating juxtaposition between Frank Lucas and Richie Roberts that goes on throughout this movie that I just love. All right. So, look, I, I can't think of another movie where I've... like been entertained by it I thought that like the plot line the storyline the idea of this guy this this uh, African-American guy who like overtakes the Italian mafia in New York for like the the concept is so good it's so well directed there's great performances. You have Russell Crowe, you have Denzel Washington. Both are very, very good. We'll get into the specifics of what I didn't like about uh, certain characters, but it really had nothing to do with the actors. And the movie itself became pedestrian and oh. sort of... Yeah, I agree boring like not it wasn't boring like you were like following the move like but honestly i i just didn't i i feel like this is like a wasted opportunity and i want mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. else uh, to uh, remake God. this movie because i don't like but it's what's such missing? a good it's such a good story like they're such good characters. I love the idea of having these characters not meet for most of the movie. Like that was the most intriguing part to me. And then they become friends. So but what's what's missing I, for you I guys? I don't. Then? I don't like this. I guess there was. All right. First off, the writing was not great. The writing wasn't great because I didn't believe. Denzel's character. I didn't believe like they should never I think they 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 killed themselves at the beginning by starting this movie with him lighting a man on fire in graphic detail and shooting him. And then he became the character he was. By the end he's just like I I didn't follow the arc of this at all. I didn't believe him as both the sympathetic sort of gangster drug dealer and the guy that lit a guy in fire and 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 shot him i hate to say it but i think this is like this would have been fucking amazing as a scorsese movie like absolutely he wouldn't have scorsese wouldn't have tried to make Lucas out to be like some sort of saint in any way, shape or form. And I think uh, Ridley Scott was just confused as to where he was balancing the balancing this. So well, one sidebar on that, which, and it's a little unfortunate, the extended cut of this movie includes a little bit more of the vicious Frank Lucas. It's like, it's probably a good, like 30 minutes longer. Look, um, I don't, and need, I have it on the I, Blu-ray and, but the, the one that I was available streaming to... was just the regular cut. And well, it makes a difference. Right. And I don't need him to be, uh, uh, 
like the problem is like I, like I like the idea he's a terrible person or he's fine. Like I like I the duality of it doesn't bother me. You can be both. Like there are mm-hmm. opportunities to be both, but I just don't feel like this movie showcased that very well. And I really mm. liked the thing about this movie is like I really liked how Russell Crowe and Denzel didn't show up together for a long time. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great when they finally get to show. Like, it's Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. There's right. going to be a scene. And no. they just wasted that yeah, fucking Yeah, it's a little ending. underwhelming, yeah. I can agree with that. I think what works so well for me here, too, is though, in, just in terms of what you're talking about and, like, the duality, is what I mentioned before your your take, Jeremy, is that both of these characters you are experiencing a duality. You see these two sides of both of these characters. And as a result, you kind of recognize their similarities. And like, you're telling these two stories about these two people on the opposite sides of the law. And it's, it's kind of an age old idea, but you know, you have such great actors portraying it. And I think, you know, I, you know, maybe there's parts of this movie that aren't written perfectly, but I think the overall screenplay is really good. And the, the structure is really great, and the whole build-up to get them together is great, even if it doesn't work at the end. So you have these two characters that are just totally their own worst enemies hunting for each other or trying to escape from each other. And that's just, that makes, that to me just makes for such a like fascinating story. Okay, can I ask you guys, but Lee, with that said, did the Russell Crowe fa- familiar familial subplots do anything for you? I think they were really well directed, as Jeremy said. They, you know, you've got a great performance by Crowe. Um, I think they are in some ways well written, but meaningless to the movie. I mean, I think what was really interesting is his relate, you know, his relationship to the old neighborhood with R- Ricky Coster, um, and. I don't know. I don't think that was explored a lot. Uh, it, more than it, it feels, should have been. And it, I think it does that's feel a little extraneous idea, but... because you also add into that like his whole pursuit to be a lawyer and like that I like aspect. That. I do too, but it's it, it does feel like it's more than is necessary because you can keep it simple. You can basically have like here's this cop who returned a ton of money that he of unmarked bills that he could have just kept, and everybody in the world is scratching their head over it, and he doesn't understand. Certain cops don't trust him, and then you've got Josh Brolin across the bridge that is totally corrupt, and uh, that that dynamic. Russell Crowe's Richie Roberts, you know, in the inner workings of the police department, I think is enough to showcase, you know, the duality in his character. You probably don't need that family dynamic, but it's small enough. It didn't. I mean, it does take up probably a little bit too much screen time, but yeah, that's small enough that, that didn't it's, bother me. I, it's not I, a big deal. Me. It was the least of the the problems of this movie. And and the thing is about this movie is it is interesting to watch the dynamic. Although I had like I said I had a lot of problems with Denzel's character's portrayal, not Denzel's performance, but right. his character's portrayal. And I I found it interesting to watch these two like do their jobs to get to the point and I was like, oh, because I, like I said, I didn't remember any of this. 
and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see that moment. That Let moment me ask you this. when they're together. What which part of Frank Lucas did you struggle with? The sympathetic Frank Lucas or the or the the criminal? The villainous. The, See, that's the, interesting to me because that scene one. where he goes and shoots Idris Elba on the street sells it. Like that, that is what does it for me. You, that's pretty close to the beginning of the movie, and he goes out there and just with no hesitation and cold blood blows his head off. Yeah, I didn't and, like, believe takes that. His territory. I didn't believe that guy and the guy in the rest of the movie, and then the guy that like, like has fun with the cops at the end, and and like I didn't believe, I didn't believe it, didn't believe mm-hmm. it. Jeremy, there's some kind of noise coming from your mic or something. Sorry. Are you rubbing against something? Yeah, my chair. I'm rubbing it. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, it's my chair. I'll try it. Chapin, what's your... take on the frank lucas portrayal here well, look like like the movie pays the movie's got a lot of reverence for him and for his philosophies and we spent a lot of time i mean again you know we uh, i watched this on time you know I, i'm i watched it two weeks ago so it's not as quite as fresh in my mind okay but yeah, well you didn't watch right, batman well, so yeah, well yeah, I, i've been watching the movie i've been staying off on the movies i don't think it's, it's my fault at all um but uh <laughs> and i like i like that but Says I, the guy I, who postponed I, yesterday i'm sorry about that to be honest with you, I, I found that stuff very tired. Like, this sort of the poetic gangster mm-hmm. who, like, has these philosophies. I mean, like, you know, he may have been the first... I mean, I know you neither of you really care about this, but, like, this movie was well known for many, many, many historical inaccuracies. Evidently, mm-hmm. this was not... None of this was really true at all, but that doesn't matter. Um, but I guess my point is, I, I think, like... The, that was hard to justify. And I actually think that made that character less interesting. Hmm. Like, but it's not only the, the, the poetic mo- gangster, it's you, the poetic cop with his philosophies too. But but they, but he doesn't wax poetic. Like like you get well, Frank Lucas. Like they make come, a bigger like, deal of it. Yeah, yeah. But he's, Richie he Robert always kind of shrugs it off. Like he's always like he's embarrassed to admit that he did this, that he returned yeah, and, this money, and um. But, like, you understand, uh, like, that comes from a perspective that we understand, right? Like, we want police officers and and people in power like that to do the right thing. And I think we expect them to do so. And so, in in that side of the story, where he returns the money and it is quite, like, blatantly um, a big deal in the the police uh, precinct, again, I think that was an underdeveloped subplot. Uh, I wish we could have seen that more, but you you get the sense that like yeah he's a he's a he's a good guy ultimately he's a guy with a conscience and I think that point is made very very nicely. What I had a problem with was yeah this like waxing philosophical um, gangster who that 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 with all the screen time spent on that particular on that stuff it really didn't matter. I mean it like it didn't really mean anything. I don't think it really had much to do with Frank Lucas at all. Um, I mean, ultimately he flipped and, you know, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I know. I, I feel like wh- what that character truly was. And I think Denzel nailed it in some ways was this like person who was, you know, much, much like Macbeth, who he played, you know, mm-hmm. 15 years later, you know, he had this like ambition that couldn't be stopped. Right. Like he was going to go to all, le- you know, every length to, to, to make that to, to do what he wanted to do and, and roll down everybody but I don't think the movie explored that especially 
when you think about all that, all the writing about his, like, you know, everybody, you can only trust family and all the, this and that. And like, you see these really sort of like self-destructive, this sort of self-destructive behavior from him and that he's think- kind of different than everybody else. But I, again, I don't think that's what the movie was interested in. And that was, that's what I was interested in. Right. Do you think this movie would have been better if it was just the Frank Lucas perspective? And there was a little bit of the cop thing, whatever, it didn't matter. But it you was spend like more a, time with him. It was like a good fellow. No, I know, because you, you know what I think is interesting about that is initially this movie was supposed to be directed by Antoine Fuqua um, as kind of like a follow-up to Training Day. Which and I think he's way better in Training Day. I think he's way better. And well, that's, yeah, a, but that's a character who is evil, and yet you he he's magnetic and evil. And I think is ultimately a better performance because Denzel understands the like insecurity of that character and the, um, you know, just like the, there's a complexity to, right. to, to that character that is not in, in this character. Right. There's a, there's Lucas. a, you under, you believe that character in training day to be who he is, where is this one? It's like, I don't know if I believe this, like, Oh, see, I I totally disagree with that. I mean, he, I agree that he's better in Training Day, but that's arguably you know one of his top two or three performances. But and, it's very a very but it's a similar character from a right I, sort of. I, I believe that you like hmm, this character, Frank Lucas. By what you saw, should have been a more evil character than the character in Training Day. But the t- Training Day character is more believably evil than this one and just and he and he's better at justifying it hmm well i don't know hmm i don't know if i agree with that just only that i don't i don't agree with the similarities in the characters they're both evil but this is a much more polished like white collar criminal in this movie than yeah i mean that's just what then in training day um but to your point that like is this movie better just telling the Frank Lucas story, taking Richie Roberts out of it to a large extent, I think definitely not because you guys will hate to hear this, but then it's just a biopic to a certain extent where you could make the argument that that's what this is, but Jeremy that, drink. that juxtaposition. What? Drink. <laughs> Why? Because I said, said biopic. The juxtaposition between these two characters, I think, is what makes this movie so great. And Jeremy, no, I'm with I, you. Like, I it's, wanted it's, that heat moment. In it's this. frustrating. I, I, I know it's frustrating that. that that's that you don't get that at the end the way that it really should be. And again, there is a little bit more of it in the extended cut, but not. I don't even think enough really to satisfy what you're looking for. And I agree with that. I think that's a, a missing piece in the movie. Um, but this movie, to me, is is those two characters and their similarities and how they are navigating the world that they live in and trying to accomplish their goal. And their heads happen to clash at the end of it. And I, I think I just think that's fascinating. And you have their own individual challenges that they're faced, whether it's Russell Crowe's issues with other police officers or with his family. And then you have Denzel's issues with his you know, his own ambition and how that's driving everybody away. I, I love that scene 
with his mother played by Ruby D who I think is really good in this movie where she's like, you know, you keep this up. Your wife will leave you. I will leave you. And she just like gives oh, him she's, a, this, she's the best. That's the best performance in this movie. Such a good moment. And I, I just think like, but he, he's gotten to this point where he's beyond saving. He's, he's going to do what he has to do. And the other thing I want to ask you guys about is just kind of the, the brutality and unapologeticness of this movie with whether it's just an execution on the street, but really like Russell Crowe's Richie Roberts going and showing a warrant to open up all these caskets of guys coming back from Vietnam. And like, I just think like that, that honesty that this movie has is really, really great. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, have that feeling like oh shit like oh this is being brutally honest i i felt it more as a a uh way to move the the plot along hmm. that's too bad i didn't have that like oh shit this is what ha- oh god that's crazy like i didn't like the pro- part of it is like when you you reference the opening the caskets it's like that was like the point of the scene is to have him be reprimanded about that and then have this weird scene about racism and anti-Semitism yeah, and, like, have that, like, part of it. Like, I, like... A scene that's so I didn't feel in there. the I didn't feel the grit of, like, oh, he's opening these... Ca-. Like, I didn't feel that because I felt the... I felt the writing. I felt the mm. bigger picture on it. I agree with that. Um, yeah, and again, I think that's just I I, I I think this movie didn't take a it just didn't have it just didn't take a perspective. And so when you said, Lee, if this was just about Frank Lucas, like would that make it a better movie? I don't know. I think what the movie needed to do, and and I'm reading a little bit about the development. And it went through a bunch of different directors. They like I think Denzel was paid twice for this movie. Nice, yeah, deal. I saw that. Um, and. Uh, you know, a bunch of different scripts and, you know, I think that's interesting and whatever, but, but look, like, I don't think this movie had an angle and I think it needed an angle It needed an angle and it needed to pick what it was interested in exploring. And I find, um, you know, that, that I think Ridley Scott sometimes feels more like he's interested in the stuff we're praising him for right now, which is like, like the acting and the set decoration and the the cinematography and the things that are sort of most immediate in a movie and the things that are harder to influence, like the arc of the story or like the perspective um, that we're telling and, you know, working with a screenwriter, um, those things aren't sometimes fall through through the cracks and despite being an incredible visualist and someone who can really tell a story this this he needs a great script and i don't think this is a great script i think it's very actually not very well written um which which sucks because i think it's a great story yeah i mean and even like you know we 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 all you know lee i know you you really hate you hated scarface right like that was sort of your takeaway yeah so bad so I mean, and, and, and I kind of, you like I, like I said, I conceded to you that you had kind of convinced me. And I think, you know, I never loved that movie. But, um, I mean, even in its very, like, 
um, that movie has a take. It has a take. It does, yeah. and and it and it um, even if it hits well, you over the head with it, it does have a take. And I don't think movie, it believes its own take, though. That's the part of the problem. But that's a, another podcast that we've talked about. <laughs> All right, fair enough, guys. A little disappointed to hear that, but you know, I stand by my uh, my love for this movie. Uh, let's move on, Jeremy. Wait, can yes. we can we yours? refill can we refill our glasses? Oh yes, of course we should. Of water for hydration for the listeners. Nobody's listening. I'm gonna do and say whatever I want. There are aliens under the sun. And if you see them catch one, you will be rich. What are you singing? What? What were you singing? No, nothing, nothing, nothing. Just giving our listeners a little bit of insight onto how to be wealthy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Right. Jeremy, the floor is yours. Oh, it's Chapin back? I am. Yep. Okay. All right. So this is exciting, guys. So the Batman. We are going to debate it. So I think we should talk a little bit about our love of the Nolan Batman. Well, I I mean, maybe (laughs) yes and no. I mean... Like so, we re- we sort of reference that as sort of the Batman, right? Like the Batman movies. Yeah. And we, here we have, I mean, we're not going to reference the Adam West, you know, like or, that, or the uh, Zack Snyder, or the Zack Snyder, whatever Ben Affleck was. Ah, <laughs> oh, Chapin. All right, I gotta stop moving my chair. Chapin keeps texting and and stuff. I'm sorry, it's it's a little distracting. Just say it, Chapin. Don't don't send this passive aggressive message yeah. over Skype. All right, Skype. the listeners aren't interested. Be careful of your chair. Um, and say it nicer next time. So one of you one of you really appreciated this movie, and one of you did not. So here we have the Robert Pattinson. Matt Reeves, Batman. So my questions are going to be a little bit roundabout. And what I mean by that is I'm kind of curious, based on this movie, like what your sort of concept of Batman in general is. And I want you to answer that in the frame of this movie. So you guys ready? Yeah. Uh, I want to I want to understand that a little bit better. Yeah, I okay. do too. All right, so I'm not going to ask you like, did you like the cinematography right, of right. this film? Did like I really like Batman is an iconic character. His the the films are kind of iconic. I want to know your feelings on this character, on how it should be portrayed in cinema. And then I want to know if this movie lived up to those sort of concepts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So I have a bunch of questions here. I'll ask you, um, I'll start with the most general. Then I'll start with my, then I'll go with my uh, 
the question I'm not that interested in, but I'll do that. And then we'll go with the rest. Okay. Okay. And how, how is, uh, so there's a winner will be determined here. A winner that... will be determined. So this is a debate between Lee and Chapin. Uh, one, one point per, per question, per debate. You okay. guys don't know where I stand on this at no. all. Nope. No you idea. No idea. But it shouldn't matter, really, is my, my point. And that's why I'm not trying to make this about... I mean, it is about this movie, but just, like, I want to hear more of a general philosophy. Okay. okay. So, uh, who wants to go first? I want to say... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, oops, sorry. Uh, hit the wrong button there. Okay. All right. Real quick, I want to see a rock, paper, scissors on three, on three, on three. And whoever uh, wins gets to go first. Rock, okay. paper, scissors, Chapin's shoot. not doing it. One, two, three. One, two, three. Damn. All right, first. so Lee goes first. Jeez, Chapin. Sucks at this. Pathetic. All right. I told you guys what I was going <clears> to <throat> do to him on this. Question number one. <laughs> Lee has a pipe in his mouth currently. Uh, which is cool. I mean, I gotta yeah. say, it's cool. Yeah. He's got a tank top and a pipe in his mouth. I don't think there's much cooler are you, than are that. Are you sitting next to a fire, Lee? I got a little candle. Oh. Yeah, he's got a candle. <laughs> so, honestly, uh, Lee, I don't know how you'll lose this. Uh, <clears throat> all right. My que- my first question is, what's, like, take this out of the qu- the equation. <clears throat> What's your ideal Batman, and how did this movie fit into that expectation? Okay. Um, an ideal Batman. I, I will say that it's not this movie. Um, okay. Can you explain a little I further think, than that? I think, I think the more the more understood, the more familiar Bruce Wayne, Batman, the Playboy, the uh, Christian Bale version, the Michael Keaton version is what I like about Batman. I love the, you know, ability to buy anything he needs to become this vigilante. But I want to emphasize a key word that you were talking about even before you ask this question, and that's that should. What should Batman be? And I think that aspect is is what f- really, I don't want to say intrigued, but kind of excited me about what Matt Reeves did here is that there's not really an answer to that because we've seen so many iterations of what Batman is. So even if my favorite is Playboy, Bruce Wayne, and, you know, someone who's been trained by, you know, ninjas essentially to become this vigilante fighting crime in Gotham Matt Reeves decided that he needs to have his own vision and so this movie going in is not the Bruce Wayne and the Batman that I like and even going in I've seen the trailer I was like this movie seems like it's going to be so busy so bloated there's it's going to be so moody which it is but 
when I watched this movie, I saw that Matt Reeves had an idea. He had a new vision, a new creation of who Bruce Wayne and who the Batman is. And he doubled down, tripled down on it and went with that. And I appreciate that. And that to me is more important than this movie satisfying the Bruce Wayne that I have in my head and that I've liked in the past. Okay. Chapin, what's your ideal Batman? And how did this movie fit into that experience <clears throat> or expectation? I think it's pretty close to what Nolan did in um, Batman Begins. I also really like uh, I like Adam West. What Keaton did in um, Batman uh, as Bruce Wayne. I think I think he plays this sort of eccentric, weird billionaire, and I I like that energy from him. And um, but I I you know generally I I I think Nolan sort of hit it on the head. You know, he's an angry kid. He's, but he's ambitious. He, he seems to have a good heart, um, and wants to do good, but is clearly plagued by, you know, uh, you know, fantasies of revenge and anger. Um, but he's smart and he knows, and he thinks in terms of symbols, which, you know, we have all, you know, which has never been sort of verbalized in Batman before this, but now, you know, in Batman begins, you sort of start to understand, what Bruce Wayne was going for. And you feel like the, you start, I, what I love appreciate about that is this whole Batman character was created by Bruce Wayne, uh, you know, for a purpose. Um, and do you maybe, think this movie served that purpose? I think it kind of did. Um, frankly, I, I, I disagree a little bit with what Lee says. I, I think this movie took what worked best from the last couple iterations of Batman movies uh, from different directors and hodgepodge them together instead of actually going for a, a new vision. I think it took the sort of violence and brutality from the uh, Affleck Batman created by uh, Zack Snyder. I think they took this sort of realism that um, uh, Nolan brought to his series as well and, and kind of worked those two together. Um, and then... I don't know. There isn't a ton of um, Burton in here, but he does have that sort of really, uh, you know, the the look of this film is, I think, owes a lot to Burton's sort of dark vision. Um, and yeah, I think I think it, you know it, it took the more modern adaptations and and took what he wanted from them and made a made a made a movie with what worked best. Okay, well. The darkness of it, I will get to, since you brought it up, I will get to it with my next question. But I have to, I'm going to give the point to Lee on this one. Mm. Can I add a, add a note just to, to that too? Just well, in terms of, point. well, I, but I, I don't entirely disagree with everything he's saying because I think Reeves definitely is inspired by things that Nolan did. Yes, with okay. Batman, and I think he'd be stupid not to be. I mean, this is, you have the most successful Batman franchise ever created with those three movies so i think he's drawing from that but i think ultimately he he creates his own batman i'm a little just disappointed in both of you because my ideal batman is it is not emo like i i I don't like the like batman of course is we're gonna get to that why are you talking like we're we're gonna get to that well, that's the question. But I told that, you that, that was I think we both said that well, this isn't you, our ideal Batman. Okay, so the question was your ideal this is the, Batman. This is, the, this is the real quiz. This is the real quiz. Okay, I, no, I agree. I, I hate emo Batman. And I hate, I don't think Batman slowly walking out of darkness is my Batman. 
Yeah. Okay. Dude, that's you, what I wanted. That's what I wanted you for this are, question. You are. Uh, you are someone who's supposed to grab people out of the night and beat them up, except yeah. you slowly walk when there's a, t- a time bomb around somebody's neck. I mean, like, uh, how many times are we going to see that shot? Exactly. No, I, mean, I agree. I told you, turns. Chapin, you would have won this category Wait had a you minute. said that. Wait a but, minute. But that's not what you asked. You yes, asked. I said, what's what, your ideal Batman? And I told and how you. how does this compare? Where, where's the comparison? Mm-hmm. I, I told you that my ideal Batman is not this movie. But for Matt Reeves to separate himself, he had to do something different. Lee, he chose to go got emo. The point. You I didn't go like... to the next question. Okay, all right. Next question. He's arguing. He's arguing with you, and he got the point. Imagine what happens when he doesn't get the point. One got right. nothing. Doesn't matter. Points on the all board. Right. Next question. How dark is too dark? How gritty is too gritty? Keep in mind the origin source of this whole thing. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the question. Do I get to go first again? Uh, no, Chapin's up first. Uh, yeah, look, um, I like darkness in movies. I like how dark this movie is. I think the look and mise-en-scene of the film is appropriate, and I like the way this looks. I, I actually appreciate the sort of um, mixed era that we're looking here that where it looks a little bit like joker and it looks a little but but then there's also like you know the 2023 lincoln town car and um i like that look of it but i you know like what was interesting about nolan's version is that he did let you see batman in the light and i wasn't crazy about that when i first saw it but you know like these these places exist in, <laughs> in light daytime. in daytime, <laughs> you know? And so, um, and again, I think, I, and that's why I sort of forgot to mention in my last point was that I, I also think this movie took a lot from Joker as well, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, and you've got this environment that they've created where everything is at night and everything is dark and everything is moody and emo. And, now I feel like I'm just trying to play into Jeremy's hand, but um, I, I appreciate the literal darkness of this movie. I don't know that the mood worked. I think that there's, especially with the character of Catwoman, like that and and the Penguin, like to me, those characters are just a little bit too, um, a little too light for a film of this darkness. All right, Lee? Um, you know, a movie can be too dark and too moody. And I think at times this movie does get there. And I think oddly, while I liked the consistency of the tone of this movie, part of the problem, which is sort of a, I don't know how you get around this, but like these Batman movies keep trying to become, get more and more gritty and more and more realistic and, you know, in the streets and putting us in situations that are real. And this movie does a really good job at that. It's essentially creating this interesting detective story. But the more authentic and gritty and dark and and seedy that you get, the more ridiculous a man dressed in a bat suit starts to look. And that's a a problem with this movie. Fuck, he's nodding his head. But you also have... 
a very, very consistent mood and tone in this movie. He never abandons it. It is dark and it is raining this whole movie. And I think that consistency makes all of these other aspects work. And Chapin, you're probably right about like the penguin and Catwoman being too, you know, out of place in this movie. I hope Jeremy has some questions about the Catwoman character. But ultimately, like I said, even if what this movie ended up being isn't what I'm looking for in a Batman movie, it successfully executed its mission here. It is a dark, gritty, moody, intense movie. And it it never it never really wavers from that. So I'm okay with it. I'm on board. Can, can I add, add another yes. point? Go ahead. Okay. I didn't get to add another point before points were delivered. Hold on a second. Well, well go ahead. I didn't, you didn't, you go ahead. You want to add another I raised point? my hand. <sighs> waiting for you to add another point, Lee. No, it's Ch- you said Chapin. Yeah, go ahead, Chapin. What, what was your point, Lee? I'm forgetting after I made that. Uh, not real prepared. All right. Well, no, the... no, 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 no. Hold on. Look, All I right. do think that there is a difference between darkness and mood, but but those two things tend to sort of mm-hmm. a mesh here. And Batman should be fun. See, no, but that's going back to the last question. You can want Batman to be fun, but that's not what he's trying to do here. No, no, I'm sorry. The movie should be fun, not Batman himself. Uh, This movie's fun. Is it? Oh, for sure. All right, all right. Uh, I'm going to give that point to Lee. Oh, fuck's sake. Although I I don't want a... Like, I have no interest in having a set... uh, David Fincher 7 Batman. Like, I don't <laughs> need this scribblings of a madman. Yeah. And, and Lee, I totally agree with you with this, like, it's becoming ridiculous. Like, I've never noticed it before this, that he, like, a, a guy showing up in a bat suit. They even comment is, on it in the movie. Is not, but, like, it's so stupid at, in this, so... I don't know how we're agreeing on agreeing and disagreeing, but Lee's up two to nothing right now. Yes. And there's on only this. three questions. No, there's five questions. Oh, okay. So, so Chapin, if I get the next one, I win. Chapin could go for it. All right, I'm going to go with... Uh, all right. Uh, who's up first? Who did it last? Lee, Lee, Lee. I'm Lee, Lee. Uh, what's your take on Batman's romantic relationships and how are they dealt with here and this is your catwoman yep so obviously i am i am fighting for the side of liking this movie but you know typically i think this is this is a weak spot in the batman movies i mean the rachel dawes character in nolan's movies uh, and anne hathaway in the dark knight rises are are weak spots uh they don't work uh, in a couple of cases, the acting isn't very good. Uh, the writing isn't very good. Um, but in this movie, you have, on one hand, a different approach. On another hand, a, entirely the same thing we've seen before. Uh, it's a sidekick. Selena Kyle has got her own objectives. She 
pairs up with Batman. They have a little bit of a different object, uh, different viewpoints on how to accomplish things. Uh, and there's been a lot of kind of praise for Zoe Kravitz in this movie and her chemistry with Robert Pattinson. And I left this movie scratching my head about that because as much as I liked this movie, I thought they had no chemistry, no, the sexual tension they kept trying to uh, you couldn't have, even get off to it. Well, I couldn't even get off to it. I, I just thought that her storyline <laughs> was it, totally extraneous and unnecessary. And I like the I like the one thing I like that it brought, you know, to defend the movie as I'm here to do, is she was she was a uh, an entryway to the underbelly of Gotham, right? To uh, to the penguin to our Carmine Falcone to all the things going on uh, in this club and the club within the club. And that leads us to all these people, the district attorney that are, you know, corrupt that the Riddler is trying to expose. Right. So it's all, it is connected and she works well as a character to get us there. But in terms of a love interest and a romantic aspect of this movie, that, failed so badly and I just was so uninterested in all these scenes where she's like the bat and the cat we could be together I'm like god you guys have no chemistry this is not working for me so that part fails her her presence in the movie is is necessary to a certain extent it just they tried to do too much with it and it didn't totally work alright tape it yeah, I I agree with that. I, I think to, to add on top of that, I think she was kind of like a, you know, they they wanted her to be a badass female character, and she was kind of a, you know, ultimately a sort of a poorly a written a bore. But also, she was just like, you know, this woman, this powerful woman they wanted to add in here was ultimately just wanted to get with Batman, and was <laughs> she gay or was she not gay? You know, what was with that? Um, I like Kravitz a lot. She's incredible to look at. Um, I think she like moves really well, and I think she's a good actress. But um, again, like going back to the mood of the film, you've just made him your last Batman movie, or I guess your the the set. The, I guess the second the the, the last <laughs> the, the you've recently had Catwoman in the series, right? Mm-hmm. So why throw her in here when? There are a plethora of other bad guys to throw in, or, or whatever side right? characters. Yeah, side characters. You know, she's e- even in the Nolan version of, of Catwoman. She's like, you know, talking in witticisms and and you know, sly like a cat, and and she brings a lightness to these movies. You know, like she's fun in Batman Returns, and she's sexy and kind of effervescent and and careless in the dark Knight rises. But in this movie, she just doesn't work. You know, like the only thing that's like Catwoman about her is that she has cats and her hat kind of fits, kind of has ears. Um, And I mean, again, like what is she there to do? And it also just, she brings in such a pointless plot twist with Carmine Falcone what what did that do to this for the story? It was Thank so you. unnecessary. No, I'm not making your point. We just happen you to are. agree on this. But I, I again, I, I just think it's an unnecessary character. And you, I guess, in these movies, you have to have a love interest. 
and if there's a aspect of this movie there's a there's there's actually two two aspects of this movie that I really think didn't work for me in the end and it, and one of them is is just her character in in relationship to Batman because even if you want her to exist why make it a love interest why try to add that element it felt it felt forced well also and and, and then I think in the past iterations of Catwoman she's been Position is Batman's equal or almost as equal, like someone who can keep up with him. And I think in this movie, they make her seem kind of like a fool. Like she yeah, doesn't she clearly really can't. Know, yeah, yeah, she clearly can't keep up with him. And again, I, I I don't know what the point of that is, but it it didn't work. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Chapin. Uh, Thank you. Chapin, must be, Chapin, must... Chapin wins this one. Yeah, by of course far. he's gonna. It, that that well, that was the most rigged point no, ever. No, it's no. two to nothing. There's five questions. Everybody listening knew he was getting the point. Oh well, he also made the best points. So, okay. made the best what are you gonna sweep this? You think you're gonna sweep this? I thought it was my plan. That was my yeah. plan. Uh, he actually put a, but like made a point that I added a uh, question about multiple villains. I was like, oh, what about multiple villains? Like, I was trying to think of like another question, and he, Inspire, he already, yeah, yeah he already, he already made the point. So, uh, all right. Right now it's two to one. Twice as many All right, points as Now you. the question is, do I go with the better question? And in case Lee wins, or do I go with the less good question and hope that Lee loses? Oh, to finish off with the best with one. The be- with the better question. That's a tough, tough call, yeah. Make the, last, make the better question worth two points. Right. Well, oh, well, then I already ruined my sixth question <laughs> because Chapin uh, brought it up. All right. I'm going to go with the better question. All right. How much in Batman movies, uh, how much do you want your villain shown in the plot? Did you like the balance or lack thereof in this one? Chapin's uh, up first. Nope. You, right? Is I went that? first last time. Okay. Chapin? I think we've learned that less is certainly more, right? Um, I mean, let's take the high bar of Ledger in uh, Dark Knight. Uh, he's in it a lot, and he's a big character, but they don't... I mean, I don't know. If you were to add up all his screen time, I think they use him sparingly. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah, uh, but he until was there they from don't, the and that's when the movie falls apart. You get that final act where we all kind of with the ferry boats and stuff, and all of a sudden we're seeing him too much. But I think you are, I think you are right about that. That, um, and 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 I do, I mean, I do think in this particular film when you sort of see <laughs> that the Riddler is like some incel played by, you know, Paul Dano. Um, as kind of a sniveling little nerd, it does take a little some of the impact out of it. But I again, I think this is Matt Reeves being like trying to make this film topical in the sense that there are these like angry nerdy white men out there who are perpetrating perpetrating mass shootings, and this is this is one of them. Like these this this and and um, you know, he's obviously going for a seven slash zodiac. Um, inspiration here, and 
I do think seeing his, uh, seeing Dano's, you know, chubby face at the end of this is a little, uh, it takes away a little bit from the impact of Riddler. I think he's really well done in this, again, in a completely ripped off from Dark Knight um, with the phones uh, situation. But I think he's very scary and whatever they do to his voice is cool. Um, and then you see him laid bare and I didn't find that scene particularly, um, interesting or, or impactful when All he right. so was before, unmasked. before both of you finish, just, just out of, so I'm going to just not tell whoever wins this round. I'm not going to say, I'm going to ask the next question and then I'll tell the winner. Very good. Okay. That All means right. I lost because obviously. No, no, no. I'm just saying in just, general. That's a good idea that we get, we get to know yeah, the question. So there's no, there's no question about it. Um, I, so I, I like the amount of screen time we have for the Riddler in this movie. Actually, I really liked it, and I really liked him as a villain. And I, I like especially how quickly he's introduced into this movie. The, the, it doesn't waste any time setting anything up other than good guy versus bad guy. Uh, mm-hmm. We have this you know very graphic scene of the Riddler killing this politician, and and we're off. And I think as the movie goes, we start to learn more and more about what he's doing and why he's doing it. And it brings in this, you know, question about who Batman is and what he stands for. And yes, a lot of that stuff is ripped off from the dark Knight. There's almost kind of a carbon copy of the conversation that the Joker and Batman have in the dark Knight, where they're saying like, you know, how are you any different than me? And okay, fine. But, I will say, while I really liked the Riddler character and the way that it was done and the riddles he leaves behind and how that and how he's sending Batman on this detective journey, I found the end, the incel aspect and the, you know, all the people that, you know, gather in his name to kill a politician, very unsettling. Um, I thought also unnecessary I don't know that it's because it's so topical or what. It just felt like the point had been made in this movie that he was trying to expose corruption and the Batman thinks he's helping, but he's really just protecting, you know, the wrong people. Point made. And then you have this final act where he has solicited all these incels to, you know, come to this convention hall and assassinate a... uh, Uh, a politician it felt like the movie took what it was trying to do with the Riddler too far the villain itself I thought was fantastic I love Paul Dano as a as a bad guy he's so he's so good at this quiet like strange character you see it in prisoners he does kind of a, a a version of this uh, although it ultimately turns out to not be the same thing at all. And even if you look at movies like There Will Be Blood, like this is a, a, a an actor who can really nail ulterior motives. And I think he, he's great. And I, and I love I love the idea and the, the visuals of the character. I thought it was really well done. I think it is a great example of less is more. You never see too much of him. You see less of him in this than you see the Joker in The Dark Knight. I think it worked really well. Okay. I'm just going to mark well, down the point point for me, even though you're not going to say. Uh, 
Honestly, I disagree with both of you on that one. Interesting. I, right. I, 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 I want to see more. Like, I want to see the the rivalry. I That's the thing about The Dark Knight, which obviously we all have problems with, but it works because you get the you get the villain from the beginning. I don't like this idea of just like the alluding to the scribblings of a villain and the blah, blah, blah. And then you get, and then he gets into the prison cell and you have that, like, I don't care. Like, I don't, that moment doesn't mean as much to me at mm. that point. So, um, I do, I do think that's interesting. And also goes back to the sort of origin of Batman in the comics. It was always like Batman versus the yeah. villains, especially with Batman. Batman was always known to have the greatest <laughs> villains, and it was just, you know, the the sort of rivalry between the two. And um... uh, so, so just so you guys know, this isn't made up. I just I've marked it. It's it's happened. Do you guys see that? Oh boy, two to We're two. tied. Tied two to two. So I made the best point there. So brilliant. Okay. Well, I lost the first two. So. But I won the last two. So. Okay. Well, it all comes down to this. So. All right. So. It comes down to. <clears throat> in a Batman movie, how much do you care about the plot, the fate of Gotham, the fate of Gotham people, or how much do you care about the character? Is it more about the Batman, or is it, do you even mind what's happening around him? Uh, that's a great question, Jeremy. I, I, I first before I answer, Lee I just wanna, gets the point. I just want to. <laughs> I just want to point out what a great job you've done mediating Thank you. Thank this you. this debate. I think That's I think a, really a lot good... of a lot of uh, a lot of credit goes to you. Yes. Here. Um, I agree. But <laughs> but again, great question. Uh, <laughs> read it again. <laughs> so on, I gotta, I, you I gotta care dig ab- it out of the trash. You care about you care about Batman is the yeah, answer. The question um, is, like, how much... So this com- this goes back, to give you a little background, this goes back to my The Dark Knight and me thinking it was great until we went to Portland and watching it that night and realizing, no, this is ridiculous and the plot is ridiculous and the only thing that matters is Heath Ledger's performance. Well, so... Well, so here's this goes back how to how much bit do of what you I'm care saying. about that, and how much do you care about the character? What, 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 where does it go? And I think how does this movie relate ultimately, to it? ultimately, you you do care about Batman. He's he is why you're going to see the movie. Like, there's the villains that add add something to it or take something away, whatever, depending on the movie. But again, this is what a little bit of what I think separates the Batman from other Batman movies that Matt Reeves is telling a detective story. And in this movie, I want to, I want to find out what happened. I want to, I want to know where these clues are leading. So what makes this movie really interesting and what I really liked about it is even if you have a Batman that you don't necessarily like as much, it's not the Batman that I want. You have this really fascinating detective story, Batman playing the detective following these clues with an interesting villain, you know, eccentric, exciting side characters on the periphery. 
you know, all the other aspects that, you know, we haven't talked about cinematography and direction and mood and all that stuff present here. It's the story. It's the, it's, it's the chase that I think is really interesting and really fascinating. And even if you want to make the argument that we kind of made with Joker, where it's just like, okay, does this need to be a Batman story? Couldn't this just be a detective story? Fine. I I can grant you that, but like, it is a Batman story. You've decided to go that direction and you have a fascinating detective story with, you know, a, a really interesting villain leaving these really kind of, fascinating clues that continuously and very efficiently despite being a long movie uncovers the next you know layer of the onion and that that to me is what was so good about this movie is is the story even though that ultimately is not what i think people are always expecting or even looking for in a batman movie shaven i think it all depends on how well the movie is done and, and I know I've been going back to, to Nolan a lot, but I think um, he, you know, that kind of filmmaking where you're, where you're able to um, tell him, tell a story um, non-linearly, you can go back to what Bruce Wayne's life was as a kid. You can go back and look at what he was like in brief little bits and not really not invest too many resources of your film into that. Um, but go, but you know, have these little moments where you're telling this, you're creating this character in his journey from a nonlinear story perspective. Uh, this film, you know, is sort of, it goes, is sort of start off from the beginning. And I don't think you like Pattinson. I mean, I don't like Pattinson in this movie. He's sort of dark and brooding and a little bit annoying. And his Batman is a little bit annoying. And he like walks out of the shadows and turns his head really slowly, which I mean, for a crime fighter, doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> um, and it would have been great if somebody just knocks him out because he's taken too long. And and I think you know you gotta you've you've got to like Batman you've got to care about him, and um, I don't I don't think you do in this film. Um, the plot can be interesting. I think in this film it's way too convoluted. I could not follow it the first time I saw it. I wasn't interested in it at all. I don't understand why these like blockbuster movies don't tell really simple stories. Like it's <laughs> a good point. It just it just doesn't make sense. It's like just just tell us a. Tell us a simple story. Why, like, there's all these different characters, and how does this one fit in here? And um, and ultimately, I think that didn't work, and really, really, really hurt the film. Yeah, I I I, I agree with that. Um, all right, let me calculate my. Uh, Going to give him a point because he agrees. That's not really how you're supposed to. Uh, you know, he was doing such a good job. Chapin wins. Chapin wins the contest. Oh, for fuck! Just because you agree with that last thing he said. Yeah, that was it. Good job, Chapin. Something. Actually, that was really fun, guys. We should do I that again. I take back everything I said about you mediating. What? I think you, you did a horseshit job. Oh, sounds unprepared. Like something the loser says. Unprepared. Jesus. Um, this is, this was a really, really, what a great comeback, movie. Chapin. What a, what a comeback. Incredible I mean, comeback. Lee, like, I have like to give you credit. Red Sox in 2004. Lee, I have to give you credit. You got two points on a movie. I dis. I don't want to say disdained, but did not like at all. Can I, can I, um, and, and you got the first two points. I was like, yeah, yeah he's right. Yeah, he's right. So I, I, I really liked this movie. I saw it in the theater. I saw it. It's, uh, 
at Salem Cinema. I really liked it. But I, I did want to point something out to you. And I know yeah. Chapin's going to put this at the end after the credits. I, I liked it considerably less my second time around. Uh, <laughs> that's I, I was watching it again for, in preparation for this, and I was yeah. enjoying it more. Ah, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, I have to, I have to come into this like I loved it. I gotta, I have to defend it. But I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I didn't think this movie worked. I just didn't like the the moody Batman. I didn't like the villains. I wanted more villain. Like I wanted to see the like dichotomy of it. I I just had no interest in. I'll tell you in, what I was just like, like it was trying to be like seven and Blade Runner combined and I like just didn't work. A- any of them didn't work. And Robert Pattinson is not Batman. Bye bye. I thought Christian this movie Bale, looked come on down. so good though. I didn't. Fixie I winner Greg didn't. Fraser. I didn't like the look shot the of shit it. out of this movie. Thought it looked so good. I mean, I liked like it looked beautiful. I just didn't like the decisions of the beauty. Like I didn't like how dark it was. What about that that shot? That I love that upside down shot with the flames behind him when he's walking. Oh, out. of it course, looks that looks so great. Gr- I mean, the like I'm not disputing the cinematography. You can all make like, cool shots. Yeah, yeah, but, but I just they, didn't they want awesome. like I need I need Batman to be on on the the left side of seven i don't need it to be right. on the other side so jeremy yeah your your nolan batman rankings went batman begins dark knight rises dark mm-hmm. knight still where, agree where, with that. where does this fall in that ranking if now there are four movies just to, for argument's sake the fourth so this oh, is wow. behind all of them yeah wow. because you, i you i hate dark knight that's insane. Yeah. This is definitely better than Dark Knight Rises. Well, it's hard to separate them, to be honest, because like you're you're separating Batman's, but yeah. It's like the multiverse. I you know what? Some movie should do a thing where there's a multiverse and then they can continue on forever because there's always mul- universes. Not a bad idea. It. And like almost like and then you have, like, let's just say, in a movie, yeah. a Batman movie, all of a sudden yeah. you have Robert Pattinson Batman, you have Christian Bale Batman, right. and you have, you have Michael Keaton Batman show and up they, together. And they exist because there's multiple verses. Yeah, multiple dimensions. Brilliant. I think we could do all that. Right. Well, Great. that'll wrap up an awesome edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Guys, I think the plan... If I if we can pull it off for our next podcast is to do a a mini Robert Eggers podcast. Well, no, uh, no, 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 a full a full Robert Eggers podcast. It'll just no, be I mean mini, a mini, mini retrospect. He only has correct. the three movies, so we're we'll gonna t- do a, a Robert Eggers director series. Yeah, so we're gonna do The Witch, The Lighthouse, and The Northman. Um, I'm so glad I've already seen The Lighthouse because I don't and ideally, watch that again. ideally oh, well, we then can you just laid, laid your cars down. That's annoying. Ideally, we can get that out next week because the following week, we've got Top Gun Maverick. I'm seeing that Tuesday. You should just put in the Top Gun music at the end of this pod, Chapin. Why? Why aren't we? I'm seeing it Tuesday. Why aren't you guys? It comes out Friday. 
It's the 27th. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh. Um, so you can email us at getyourfilmfixpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, looking forward to this episode and the Black Hawk Down episode being released shortly, followed by Arctic and the Chinese movie we did a couple years ago. <laughs> The 24th. Well, it come, the first day it airs is the 24th. What was the Chinese movie? Wandering Earth? Yeah, I really want to hear that podcast. Very curious what we said. Chapin, I've sat with you editing a podcast. It takes you about 20 minutes. So, Those boom, boom, boom. Thing. One hour, you can get four podcasts out. This one, Black Hawk Down. Lee's well, willing to, to edit it. I will edit. Send me the files. No, but you don't want to release them anyway. So it, by default, it's more brilliant than what you've released of the. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> can we get right. out of this? Yeah. All right. That's it. Thank you, everybody. Love you. Something in the way.